Hello and welcome to the January 2023 episode of The Seagull. The Seagull is the place to stay up to date on everything you need to know about the 102nd Intelligence Wing at Otis Air National Guard Base, right here from beautiful Cape Cod, Massachusetts. I'm Tim Sandlin from Public Affairs, and together with Tech Sergeant Jay Whitaker, we will get you up to speed on what's going on here at the Wing. This month's show features an interview with Senior Airman Nathan Goldrick from the 102nd Intel Support Squadron. I speak to him about a new wellness innovation here at the Wing, the Falcon Flight. We also hear a clip from our other podcast, The Chevrons, make sure you check it out, where we welcome back one of our retired First Sergeants, Master Sergeant Stephanie Harkins, and talk about using skills earned in the military in our civilian lives. Later, we'll get to some history about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., whose birthday is coming up on January 15th. But first, in this month's command message, we will hear from Colonel Wendy Armijo from the 202nd Intelligence, Surveillance, and Reconnaissance Group Commander as she talks about New Year's resolutions, setting goals, resolving to change bad habits, and discovering renewed optimism for the year ahead. Happy New Year to the members of the 102nd Intelligence Wing. I'm Colonel Wendy Armijo, Commander of the 202nd Intelligence, Surveillance, and Reconnaissance Group, and I'm happy to deliver your first command message of the new year. This first month of 2023, I'd like to talk about New Year's resolutions, setting goals for the coming year, resolving to change bad habits, and discovering a renewed optimism for the year ahead. First, I'll share with you a little history. January was named for the two-faced Roman god Janus, Janus has one face that looks forward for new beginnings and the other that looks backward for reflection and resolution. The Romans would offer sacrifices to Janus and make promises of good behavior for the year ahead. Fast forward, a Boston newspaper from 1813 featured the first recorded use of the phrase New Year's resolution. That newspaper article states, and yet, I believe there are multitudes of people accustomed to receive injunctions of New Year's resolutions who will sin all the month of December with a serious determination of beginning the new year with new resolutions and new behavior and with the full belief that they shall thus expiate and wipe away all their former faults. This article sounds a little dramatic regarding sin at the end of the year and a bit sarcastic about the mindset of those who make New Year's resolutions. But actually, more people succeed at New Year's resolutions than you might think. A poll of over 1,000 adults found that 68% of them who'd made a resolution kept it. If you're one to make resolutions every year, or if you're making one for the first time this year, consider these tips to help you be successful in keeping them. First, keep it simple. Settle on one or two goals, not a big list that might be overwhelming, daunting, or unrealistic. Secondly, frame your resolution positively. For example, say, I want to get more exercise rather than I'll stop being so lazy. Third, define a goal that's specific and measurable. Instead of using generalities such as I want to be a better supervisor, resolve to step out on specific traits that make a good one whether it's more frequent check-ins with airmen, better documentation of training records, or more measured feedback to those under you, define a goal that is time-bound and realistic. Plan for a month at a time, not a lifetime. If you wanna save more money, set an amount, put a little bit away each month, month, then check after a few months to see your progress. You'll be pleasantly surprised. Create an incentive. 
If your goal is to increase last year's score on your PT test, decide how you will reward yourself once you achieve it. I suggest cake or french fries. Change up your routine. If your 2022 plan of working out at the end of the duty day frequently fell apart, consider setting your alarm to work out in the morning or make it a lunchtime routine. Finally, pick a goal that will truly make you feel better, not just something that others think you should do. And if you slip up, don't be too hard on yourself. Just work to get back on track. The point is to make a positive change and any little bit counts. In the spirit of setting goals, soon Colonel Riley will officially publish the 2023 wing goals. Each wing goal is designed to further the mission, improve readiness, better manage resources, and increase quality of life for the warriors of the 102nd Intelligence Wing. I know each organization will set their own goals for readiness and mission accomplishment. Just like the Roman god Janus, we in the 202nd ISRG are in the process of reviewing past year's goals, giving ourselves a pat on the back for the things we've accomplished, and we're developing new goals for 2023. Among those accomplishments were when the 202nd ISS and the 267 conducted a deployed field training and validated their readiness. We increased our access to industry forums to gain exposure to the latest technological solutions, and we expanded our internal exercise to include other cyber ISR units from Tennessee and Maryland, which resulted in shared operational and training best practices across the enterprise. In 2023, we look forward to moving our cyber SIGINT operations out of the temporary skiff in the hangar and into our newly accredited secure area in Building 165. Last year, we moved all unclassified and administrative functions, and when it's ready, we look forward to conducting operations out of the new building from two separate operations floors with almost 100 workstations, plus a fantastic training suite situated to improve readiness and train airmen for the high-end fight. This will allow the 203rd and the 267th intelligence squadrons to simultaneously and more efficiently provide their respective mission partners with actionable intelligence in the cyber domain. It's also through the hard work and truly astonishing expertise of the cyber, cyber and intelligence professionals of the 202nd Intelligence Support Squadron that the finish line is well within our sights. In the 202nd, we aim in the coming year to take our warfighting capability to the next level. We plan to maximize our recruiting and retention initiatives to set our group-wide manning to over 90%. We continue to review our mission essential taskings in order to focus training and readiness. We want to define a continuity of operations plan that's fortified with host unit agreements and we will conduct mentorship and leadership sessions for more deliberate professional development. Finally, I encourage all of you to make self-improvement and unit improvement part of your New Year's resolutions. Thanks for all you do, and I wish you a happy and productive 2023. This is Tech Sergeant Jay Whitaker, and I am here with Senior Airman Nathan Goldrick. How are you doing this morning, sir? Fantastic. Glad to be here. Yes, and uh, I'd like to let you properly introduce yourself. Sure. Uh, so I'm Senior Airman Nathan Goldrick. Uh, I'm a IT system administrator over with the 102 ISS, uh, although that is predominantly a tech kind of computer position. Um, 
I have much more experience and a much greater background uh, in my previous career before I joined the military in fitness, health and wellness, things of that nature. Right. And so that's the biggest reason why we're here today. It's, it's January 2023 as we record this. And a lot of people are talking about New Year's resolutions. Obviously, that's a that's a hot topic. And a lot of people, you know, they're I, I like. I like to go to the gym, so a lot of people are back in the gym. They're trying to get their fitness goals together, and um, I noticed that you're a part of uh, Falcon Flight. That's Would you like to talk to us about that? Yeah, so when I enlisted several years ago, I heard that we had a warrior wellness program here on base. Uh, very excited to take part in it. Um, as time had gone on, asking around, asking around, trying to see how much more I can get involved, it looked like something that I had an opportunity to uh, grow and become more, but also maybe perhaps uh, evolve a little bit and turn into something else. So fortunately, I've been given the opportunity by Chief Master Sergeant Hurl by kind of to uh, take point on the whole program. Right. And so with that, uh, I've been able to reach out, ask for volunteers from across the base. And fortunately, I've got about 10 people or so who said they also wanted to help out, have their hands in it too. And we've kind of looked into transforming this into something a lot more scheduled, a lot more marketed, advertised, uh, I hate to use the word being a product, but I do think it's something that we can push a whole lot more to try to get people involved with. Uh, it's We're looking to make this kind of a, a physical engagement uh, and not necessarily for high-speed, hard-charger kind of people. Right. We, we are trying to keep in mind that we do want to get as many people as possible involved in just being more active, being more engaged here on base. Uh, and that's kind of what we're looking to do. What exactly does uh, Falcon Flight entail? For, for those, if you're just like, all right, what is Falcon Flight? What, what am I going to be doing, just burpees till I die? Or <laughs> <laughs> No, no. So, uh, I mean, right now we kind of have, you know, close to a dozen or so ideas of things we want to run throughout the entire year. Uh, but, again, we are trying to keep it at all different levels. And, really, we just want Falcon Flight to be the point of contact or the point of resource uh, for any physical engagement here on base. So right. um, I believe this month we're going to be trying to roll out a uh, actually like a, a weightlifting program. So it's going to awesome. be, so one of our, um, one of the airmen we have here on base came up with the idea because he was former active duty and he said, hey, why don't we have a weightlifting club, like a 1,500 pound club or a 1,200 pound club or a 1,000 pound club. Uh, and so we're trying to put the final touches on how do we make sure all the information gets out there so that people know all the ins and outs of what the program entails, uh, what it takes to qualify for the program. And I say qualify, I mean, just going to lift a couple pounds here or there. Right. But we're even going to be trying to put up like a board up in the gym of like people who actually qualify for the whole thing, you know, what your weight was. Maybe we can get T-shirts made down the road. Just incentive for people to do more. Right. Uh, other things include maybe potentially doing a... Um, a group hike out, w out somewhere. Okay. Uh, I've been asked around saying, hey, can we get like squadron banners made? And if I can get 50 people to get together, hop on a bus or grab some vans, stuff like that, we're all going to get driven out somewhere for like a, a moderate to easy hike. Again, keeping it pretty simple for everybody who wants to get involved. You don't right. have to wear a rucksack and wear combat boots. This is going to be casual. Let's just get to the top of the mountain somewhere, probably uh, Blue Hills, or we even talked about Mount Greylock out in Western Mass because there's a nice, huge um, Veterans War Memorial at the top. But doing something like that, just, hey, we're being physical, we're being active, right. we're engaging with each other, some camaraderie type things. Um, besides that, I mean, even we're having a couple months where just disseminating some informational handouts. Right. You know, we, like you mentioned, January, fitness goals, things of that nature. Uh, next month, we may be looking at just saying, hey, here are some flyers or some talking points about proper nutrition and good food tips or eating tips. There's some great recipes that are pretty easy to cook as well. There you go. Well, I mean, and the biggest thing that I'm that I'm hearing 
just is is just getting out there and just showing up and just that's that's really all it's about it's it's not just about hey we're just going to lift these weights today or we're going to do this it's it's always going to it sounds appealing just because it's it's always different and i think that's that's the biggest thing is just getting the variation because some people may be intimidated by oh i i'm not a good weightlifter or i'm not a good runner you know it's just getting out there and just being with your fellow airmen yeah and you know you don't have to fall into a certain silo of what it is you like to do and if you don't do that then that's it you can't participate right uh i mean i've been a runner for a very long time um and good I've, for you I've, good for you i know it's not for everybody <laughs> it's, it's not, not for, for everybody i get it. and you know when I, when I talk to people and they say hey i want to get into running what should i do and i say don't <laughs> because it's it's one of the worst hobbies you can have if you get addicted to it. Uh, and unfortunately, fortunately, I caught that bug a long time ago. Uh, but looking at the days, even like last couple of days where, you know, 35 degrees in rain were some of the worst days I had out there trying to log 15 miles or 18 miles. 18 miles. Things, I mean, we're going back, back to when I had hair. Oh. But, <laughs> um, but my goal was always, okay, don't go run 15 or 18. Right. Put your shoes on, complain the whole time that you're about to go do this. Just go run around the block. Just run around the block. Come back in. Take everything off. Okay. Because once you start, you're not going to stop. Are you sure? Because I stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, so just you don't have to go to the gym to do an hour and a half workout. Right, right, and if right. you no, don't, I, it doesn't count. No, I'm playing. Okay, just go there and just walk the treadmill for five minutes. Yeah. Because you can take that and you can take that commitment to just walking for five minutes. And now you can start to expand that and say, I'm going to walk for seven or I'm going to walk for nine or I'm going to do that three times a week. Right. But it's you know, the reason why you fail isn't because you don't have the Peloton at home. Is right. it because you don't have the home gym at home? It's because you don't have the consistency of commitment to be able to stay with it. Right. So by having this program, by having Falcon Flight, and by being enabled by our senior enlisted leaders, uh, we're hoping to really give that people those, that opportunity to have consistency, to have at least a point of, hey, here's a chance you can get out there and do something now if you can't get out there and do it on your own. Right, and I think it's I think it's great that we have the leadership support. I mean, we obviously we get time for PT, and that that's great. But sometimes you just want something different, you know. And I mean, mm-hmm. and I'm look, I'm not a great runner. Like I'm a sprinter, mm-hmm. I can do that. But it's just like it would. It, I think it's great that we just have, you know, just a program available that we can just all just like, hey, let's. I'm thinking about maybe. Maybe hiking, yep. but I'm but I'm a little bit nervous. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not good in in in, in the in the elements. Yeah, but maybe if I go with some people, you know, or maybe I might meet some new people. Then that's all you need is. And if you and I'm telling to anybody that's listening to this is if if you're struggling to get out there and, and stay committed, you know, having those people that hold you accountable, and if if you have if you have friends or if you meet people that you look forward to seeing, what you're like, oh, they're you know, all right, well, it, it's. It just makes it a little bit easier sometimes having yep. that accountability. So, yeah. yeah, I think even you know from the get go here in the military, you, um, you know, not that we've been taught, but it's kind of been from my observation. So long as you're all suffering together, it makes the suffering <laughs> a little less. You yeah. know, and, and that's not here. That's not here. Yeah. In my time, my time here is great, but you know, going back to basic training or things of that nature, Absolutely. it's like you know, not everybody has a great time. But as long as you're not having a great time together, it right. makes it a little better. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's real. What would you say to anybody that's just out there? Okay, it's, it's January. You know, what advice would you give them, you know, just getting back into the swing of things? So going back to, again, I mentioned before, I'd spent uh, over a dozen years in the fitness industry, right. managing gyms, being a personal trainer, things of that nature. Uh, obviously, January is the big point of the year. Absolutely. You know, the place gets flooded 250% of people, and there's literally lines three, four people deep waiting for a treadmill to open up so you can get in there and use it. But all the regulars know, that's okay, I'm just going to hold out five weeks because they're all going to be gone by the end of February. 
Uh, I think a lot of people come into the year with very high expectations and very high goals, which are great, but I think they have very short timelines for them. Mm -hmm. So I think just realizing that, you know, there's no magic pill, uh, everything takes time. And like I said before, just small amounts, but consistently small amounts will lead to much greater gains later on. It's like, it's like chipping away. That's it. Yeah. Yep. And so, no, I, I, what's your, what's your favorite, what's your, like, I know you're a runner, but what are other your favorite, um, um, methods of fitness or exercise that you recommend? So, uh, I mean, having been a runner for 25 years or so now, uh, you know, logging over 20,000 miles in my life, probably 21, 22,000 miles or so. Uh, I'm fortunate. I don't have a lot of severe knee pain or things of that nature, but I think just by being in the age group that I'm in, I'm getting these, hey, that, that, I don't know, something's feeling a little funky right. in my shoulder or my, my hip, things like that. You got the and Rice Krispie bones? Oh, I've had that for a long <laughs> Snap, time. Snap, crackle, yeah. pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. I'm, I'm no ninja in the morning. Um <laughs> But I think, you know, days where I just don't feel like going out, yeah, you can't mail it in and say, well, I'm just going to log a zero for today. So I, I I just put on a backpack, and I know my neighbors look out the window like, what is this guy doing out there? And I literally have bags. <laughs> I literally have bags of rocks at home that I just, like, put the bags of rocks on my shoulders and just go for a walk around the neighborhood where I have, like, a 30-pound, like, plate I put in my backpack, and I'll go walk for, like, two hours. I've done that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 20 minutes, not two hours, but, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's, you know. Got to start somewhere. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's not as exhausting or physically taxing as going for a run is, right. you know, for eight, nine, ten miles or so. You're not that out of breath. But when you're done, you still get that same sense of accomplishment. You're like, hey, you know what? Maybe I can have those Oreos today. Right. Maybe I can have that slice of pizza later on because I just logged, you know, 600 calories, 800 calories out there just going for a walk. Absolutely. Li listening to this podcast. There you go. I'll see, look. It's full circle. You're good at this. You're good at this. <laughs> I told you. I told you you should be doing podcasts. Um no, and, and you, you, I love what you said there. You never regret a workout that you did. You know what I mean? I've never regretted a single workout. I've mm. had bad workouts, sure. but I never regretted sure. it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, like, I, to anybody listening, just start. Yep. Just start. And yep. you, I, you, I promise you won't regret it. And so um, how can we find more about uh, Falcon Flight as far as any, anything coming up next to you? Uh, immediately. Yeah. So right now we're planning uh, quarterly at this point. So just kind of figuring out you know, the first three months at a time and then going from there. But uh, I'm going to be shooting out a lot of like wing wide emails. Um, and then once we get things a lot more cemented, we're probably having uh, information posted up on a SharePoint or a bulletin, probably included in like the, the Friday newsletter uh, that gets sent out um, or maybe even, you know, through the social media programs, things of that nature. But uh, we do want to make sure that uh, the word is getting out there. And, and again, even though Falcon Flight is looking to hold these monthly touch points of informational handouts or an event or things like that going on, uh, we are also trying to be the point of contact for people who do want to be the hard chargers. Right. So right now we have a couple of uh, our NCOs that are involved with volunteering with the program who are going to be leading the way for anybody who's interested in doing the Army Best Warrior competition coming up I in saw March. that. Yeah. Uh, I'm also knocking on some doors, ringing some bells to see if we can get our foot back in the door for air assault school over, okay. on, the, over on the Army side. Yeah. Um, last year, I did the German Armed Forces Proficiency Badge competition. So, so did some of our other individuals who were here. Uh, we're also looking to get access to like the obstacle course we have here on base. So it's not all just, hey, let's go for a walk in the woods or you know, kind of hang out, do some push-ups. Like we do have some kind of high-speed stuff that we're looking to get involved with. It too. would be nice to to see something like that, especially prepping for the uh, the German. Uh, yep, German Armed Forces proficiency. Yeah, that because that is a what is that what does that actually entail? I, f I forget. I know there's there's swimming involved. There's yep. yeah. yeah. So it's a, um, I think it's a hundred-yard swim. 
but you have to do it in full uniform. Right. Well, I, I say, you know, you blouse tops and your bottoms. Right. Don't um, wear your boots. Yeah. I, I heard. You can. I mean, but. I've heard, <laughs> no, like uh, an NCO told me over a conf flight, don't wear your. Uh, yeah, no, they, they tell you, no, it's, you have to wear like a uh, swimming attire underneath your uniform. Copy. Yeah, because after you do the 100 yard swim, you have to then tread water and take off your uniform and throw your uniform out of the pool before you're done. Okay. So there's a time limit to the swim component. You okay. have to get it in under a certain time. But then once you're done, you just you can float and tread for three hours if you want to, to kind of catch your breath. Um, there's that. After that, there is uh, a medical component. So I believe there's like multiple medical stages where you have to learn how to place somebody on a, I believe it's called a litter, like, like the yep. carry cart thing. Um, you know, first aid treatment, CPR, AED, uh, also mop training. So you have to go to mop level four and then back down again. Uh, that's day one. Day two was, I believe, firearms. Okay. So yeah, you get driven up to Fort Devens, I believe, so uh, for pistol marksmanship. Uh, after that, come back down for a PT test. So you have a 110-yard shuttle run, a full-weight body hang from a bar. So pretty much do like a chin-up on a bar, but hold yourself up in the chin-up position and see how long you can hold yourself there for. Okay. Uh, much more difficult than it looks. Yeah, that's what was, that sounds terrible. Yeah, <laughs> that, that sounds that painful. Was, that, that was not fantastic. Okay. Uh, so you have those two. Um, I think I'm missing one. But then from there, you run across the track, and you have to do a 1,000-meter sprint outside. That's day two. Day three, you put on the rucksack and you have to do seven and a half miles under two hours. So okay. just under four miles an hour. Uh, and then once all that's done, based on your performance and your numbers for everything, you may qualify. You may qualify. Not everybody does. Right. Uh, but you may qualify for a silver, bronze, or gold uh, German Eagle badge that you get to that you are allowed to wear on your blues uniform. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Thank you for – I always was curious about that whole yeah, process. Yeah, it's a great time. Everybody's yeah. super friendly, super helpful. I believe when I did it, there was like 110 people there. That that's were, cool. That were doing it. Predominantly Army, but uh, we did have one Coastie that helped, hopped over there with us. Uh, he was great. He, he was absolutely fantastic. And everybody had a blast. So. All right. Well, Herman Goldrick, I appreciate you just giving us some information sure. and looking forward to seeing more of Falcon Flight during this uh, 2023 year. And uh, to anybody listening, just uh, start and just keep going. That's just it. Just keep chipping away. Slow and steady. Yep. All right. Thank you all. Martin Luther King Jr. was born Michael King Jr. in Atlanta, Georgia, on January 15, 1929, the second of three children to Pastor Michael King and Alberta King. In 1934, the church sent King's father on an international trip for the meeting of the Baptist World Alliance. The trip included visits to sites in Germany associated with the church Reformation leader Martin Luther. While there, King Sr. witnessed the rise of Nazism and the racial hostility and oppression it carried with it. Upon his return home in 1934, King Sr. changed both his and his son's name in honor of Martin Luther. At 15, King graduated high school and enrolled in Morehouse College, where he learned the advantages of the ministry in the fight against social injustice. It was then he decided to become a pastor. Just two years later, he was ordained as the assistant pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church. King became a prominent leader in the American Civil Rights Movement in 1955, where he served as a spokesperson for the Montgomery Bus Boycott, a campaign by the African-American population of Montgomery, Alabama, to force the integration of the city's buses. In March of that year, 
Claudette Colvin, a 15-year-old black schoolgirl in Montgomery, refused to give up her bus seat to a white man in violation of Jim Crow laws, local laws in the southern United States that enforced racial segregation. In December, a similar incident occurred when Rosa Parks was arrested for refusing to give up her seat on a city bus. The two incidents led to the boycott. King was in his 20s and had just taken up his clerical role. He was asked to take a leadership role simply because his relative newness to the community leadership made it easier for him to speak out. The boycott lasted for 385 days. King was arrested and jailed throughout this period, which drew the attention of the national media and greatly increased his public stature. The controversy ended when the United States District Court issued a ruling that prohibited racial segregation on all Montgomery public buses. Blacks resumed riding the buses again and were able to sit in front with full legal authorization. King's role in the boycott transformed him into a national figure and the best-known spokesperson of the civil rights movement. In 1963, King was one of the driving forces behind the March for Jobs and Freedom, which drew over 250,000 people to the National Mall. It was the largest demonstration for human rights in the United States history, and was where he delivered his famous I Have a Dream speech, a speech that solidified his status as a social change leader and helped inspire the nation to act on civil rights. King was only 35 years old when he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 1964. He called this honor the most significant international endorsement possible of the civil rights struggle. The monetary award that came with the prize was distributed among several major civil rights organizations at his request. His acceptance speech is considered to be among the most powerful statements ever delivered at the event, where he remarked, I believe that an unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word in reality. This is why right temporarily defeated is stronger than evil triumphant. Tragically, a dozen years of King's nonviolent leadership ended abruptly on April 4, 1968, when he was assassinated in Memphis, Tennessee. The entire nation was shocked by his murder. Some passionate followers rioted in larger cities, while others mourned in silent sadness. President Lyndon Johnson declared the following Sunday, April 7, 1968, as a day of mourning. King was arrested 30 times for his participation in civil rights activities. While he preached about justice, empowerment, love, and peace, in the final months of his life, his attention was turned to fighting poverty. Michigan Congressman John Coiners first introduced legislation for a commemorative holiday four days after King was assassinated. After the bill stalled, petitions endorsing the holiday containing six million names were submitted to Congress. Public pressure for the holiday mounted during the 1982 and 1983 civil rights marches in Washington. Congress passed the holiday legislation in 1983 and it was signed into law by President Ronald Reagan. In 1994, Congress designated the Martin Luther King Jr. federal holiday as a national day of service and charged the Corporation for the National and Community Service with leading the effort. Taking place each year on the third Monday in January, 
the Martin Luther King Day of Service is the only federal holiday observed as a national day of service. A day on, not a day off. Before we go, here's a bit of a preview of our other podcast, Chevrons. From junior enlisted to senior leaders and those in between, we interview notable individuals to address everyday challenges and hurdles the enlisted force faces. In this episode, we welcome recently retired Master Sergeant Stephanie Harkins into the studio for a discussion about utilizing the military skill set in the civilian sector, how the enlisted experience prepares airmen for successful careers, small business ownership, and other challenges. What should someone focus on to bring the education, training, and experience gained from the military and pivot those skills into life after the uniform or for reservists, civilian life while serving? I had ended up going to the Military Influencer Conference in Vegas this past October, uh, and it was actually a very last-minute decision. Um, I wasn't sure. I was invited, actually, by a former member of the 102nd Civil Engineer Squadron, uh, Lizeth Velez. She had, she was HVAC, I believe, um, but regardless, she left and she started her own company, um, LJV Development, and uh, she's doing really well with that, and she's just a huge inspiration. Um, so I, I've been friends with her since she was in the unit, and um, I was like, you know, I'm not really sure if it's financially responsible. I, I got to make some decisions. I just, I left my other job and uh, I was like, you know what? It's not like I'm going to Vegas to go to Vegas. I'm going to Vegas to get something out of it, to go to this conference. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to go. Um, and again, I'm so happy that I did. Uh, I, I took the invite, not really knowing what to expect, but I figured if anything, I'll walk away with some knowledge and some tools to help me advance my own business and possibly do some networking. And I, as I said, I'm really happy that I went. Um, the conference is basically a community of entrepreneurs, influencers, creators, executives. Uh, they're all either veterans or military spouses. Um, they all believe in the importance of mentorship. Um, they, they work to inspire one another. Uh, and they're all looking for new ways to collaborate. So um, there was tons of workshops to choose from, uh, from getting started in your entrepreneurship journey to mastering your network tools to improve your social media, marketing, podcasting, personal achievement, diversity, building your brand, uh, you name it, financial tools, just different panels, um, and mentoring and networking sessions. Uh, it was really awesome. Um, and then there's there's one segment that I would like to touch on um, because it's we all know the importance of focusing on, on the 22 and, and the downsides yeah. of being in the military, and and I, I feel that's important all the time. Um, but one thing that I really appreciated, at the end of the conference, they they had like a, a mental health kind of panel uh, day. They had a lot of different speakers come up, and it was just really awesome. But one of the points that they brought up was the fact that there are so many of these initiatives focused on veteran suicide. And, and as I said, I, I completely agree that it's important, um, you know, building the camaraderie and awareness and, and addressing the issues as necessary. But one thing that really struck me as empowering was that with all the focus on the issues that so many veterans unfortunately end up with was that it's almost like we're basically told to expect to end up that way and, you know, we're going to become a part of those statistics. And uh, you never really hear the success stories that veterans have. Uh, 
get focused on. So um, there was a lot of folks who are able to overcome the darker side of things and, and go on and do great things um, with the knowledge, skills, and experiences that they, they've had. Uh, so it was super inspirational uh, to listen to those speakers who turn their experiences into something positive for their life and even the lives of others. So, um, you know, the veteran community is really an amazing group of strong, resilient, talented, and smart people. It's January. Welcome to the future. We still have no flying cars. However, Tim, I know you got some flying history. I do. I do. Did you know, on 9 January 1793, Jean-Pierre Blanchard, a French inventor and pioneer in balloon flight, made the first manned balloon flight in America with a 46-minute trip from Philadelphia to Deptford Township, New Jersey. President George Washington was on hand to witness the launch, along with future presidents John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, and James Monroe. Since Blanchard did not speak English, Washington gave him an open introduction letter for use whenever he happened to land. The letter has been called the first airmail delivery and the first flight clearance in the United States of America. Blanchard's only passenger was a small black dog. Blanchard was already the first person to balloon across the English Channel, and he flew under the adopted motto, Sic itur ad astra, meaning, thus one goes to the stars. Can you imagine traveling in an open balloon in January? I don't want to. In, <laughs> going no. from Philadelphia to New Jersey? Oh, my goodness. I mean, that's, nope. that's pretty cold. You're going to need a couple of layers there, uh, right? Uh, maybe just a few. And, and, and how about that poor dog? You said a small poor dog. Those things shake as it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> that thing must have been freezing. This is not a good traveler. That's, that's just not good. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so uh, the next little tidbit here, uh, uh, 21 January 1911, Lieutenant Paul W. Beck sent the first radio message from a plane to a ground station at Selfridge Field, Michigan. Beck designed a transmitter to send telegraph signals and used a Wright aircraft flying at 100 feet. So it's been 112 years since uh, Lieutenant Beck uh, performed this really cool event. And I still have to shut off my electronic equipment when I get onto a passenger <laughs> airplane. What is going on here? Oh. He, 112 years ago, he was uh, flying with a radio and making uh, making contact. What's what's the deal? Well, you set you set the transmitter to airplane mode. That's what he, that's, uh, that's why it was on airplane yeah, mode. That's why. Uh, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. um, you. All right. And the the last tidbit on nine January nineteen seventy six. The first operational F-15 Eagle arrived at the first tactical fighter wing at Langley Air Force Base, Virginia. The F-15 was the first fighter to have a thrust greater than its weight, allowing it to accelerate while going straight up. F-15s accounted for 32 of 36 Air Force air-to-air victories in Operation Desert Storm and also downed three Serbian MiG-29 fighters in Bosnia during Operation Allied Force. F-15s flew combat over Iraq in the 1990s and in operations enduring freedom and Iraqi freedom in the 2000s. So here in, you know, obviously for many of us here at the 102nd Intelligence Wing, the F-15 is, is a very, very favorable, or it's, it's our favorite airplane, yes, right? It's... Um, coming from my first couple of uh, units on active duty, though, I was on uh, B-52 wings, so I have to say B-52 is my favorite jet, followed very closely by the F-15, which reminds me of a story I once heard. 
There was an F-15 pilot who was assigned to escort a B-52. Being a bit bored, he started executing loops and rolls, never worried about being able to catch up to his lumbering charge. Got on the radio to boast to the buff pilot. Ha, anything you could do, I could do better. The bomber pilot replies, oh yeah, let's see you do this. And the bomber keeps flying straight and level. The fighter pilot says, um, what'd you do? The B-52 pilot says, I just shut down two engines. Funny? Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty funny. I like yeah. that. As, and F-15s, you know, I know it has a great history here at, at Joint Base Cape Cod, but also um, for, all you, for all you geeks out there, F-15, Starscream, Transformers, oh. it's Skywarp, uh, you're just looking at me with a blank face. This the Decepticons. That's the oh, F-15 is the OG. That's the Decepticons. All right, all right. Come all right. On, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get with the time. Shout out to Optimus Prime. What, what, was that a movie from the 70s? Was that... <laughs> well, on that note, thanks for listening to The Seagull. See you back here at the February RSD. For more news from the 102nd Intelligence Wing, visit our website at www.102iw.aag.af.mil slash links or search for 102IW on any major social media platform. Thanks for listening. Thank you.